Welcome to Bunnies TV. My name is Grant Chabell. I've got a couple of very special guests today on the show. Graham Nigsey Hill, the legendary SG ball coach. We've also got his son, Benny Hill, Rabbitoh player number 820, former first grader he is. And he's also, at the moment, head of talent ID at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Welcome to the show, boys. Thanks very much, Chabo. Great to have you, chaps. Mate, we'll rip straight into this because I know we've got a lot, lot, to, lot to get through. Now, start with you, um, Nigsy. Where are you from and what was it like growing up there? Yeah, I grew up in Enmore and, <coughs> and now just the days there was no uh, Newdown area. There was no junior league under Dewey grade, which was 17-year-olds. So me and some of my mates ventured across to Alexandria Rovers to play football when we were about oh, 10, 11, 12 years of age. And that's, I was always a South person because my father was a South fanatic and it suited us fine to play in their junior league. Yeah. So is that where you fell in love with rugby league, 11 or 12 years of age? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, st- I played a little bit of school football with Camdenville School. That's where we first started probably playing footy and then got into junior league with the Alexandria Rovers in the South Comp. And you've done everything there, player, coach? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I played there from, uh, from 1957 up until 67 in the juniors. Uh, won a few competitions. And, uh, yeah. And, and you play a bit of rep footy as well? I played uh, President's Cup. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I was uh, one of the players that Clement won six, Clem Kennedy had won six President's Cup comps in a row. Right up until 66. I played in 67. and We got beat. And they won it again in 68 and 69. <laughs> <laughs> You're the mock, you reckon, eh? Probably so, yeah. <laughs> and your your pathway to first grade there was blocked. You were telling me a little bit off air. Um, tell me some of those blokes that were yeah well, probably selected in front of you. Well, straight out of presence, go. I was a lock forward. I played a little bit of five eight, but my best position was probably lock. And and uh, my father pointed out to me. He said, "Do you know that uh, South have got Ron Coote, Gary Stevens, and Paul Sate, all champion lock forwards, and <laughs> and you're well and truly behind them." <laughs> So where, where'd you end up um, going from there, mate, from uh, President's Cup? Uh, f- from President's Cup, I went across to Arncliffe Scots. There was a group of South blokes went across there, and Alexandria Rovers blokes. And uh, at the time, they uh, the old second division comp, uh, they paid fair money. And uh, what you were getting to sit on the bench for a third-grade game, uh, you could multiply that by f- five or six times by playing in that second division competition against the likes of Wentworthville and Ride Eastwood and uh, Liverpool and Northern Districts and that. And it was a good competition at that time. There were uh, plenty of blokes that were coming back from grade teams and young blokes that were trying to crack it into grade teams. They were all playing that competition. Yeah, it was it was very enjoyable. So you get a good mix of everything. Young blokes coming through, yeah. experienced heads, some experienced coaches. Um and that's where you probably got the, the passion to become a coach. Yeah, well, the fellow that coaches at, uh, at Aunt Cliff Scott, so I had a terrific relationship with him. He was a, uh, he, he played with all the greats and George sides uh, of the 50s and 60s. He played for New South Wales and Australia. Ross Kite, and I, I think he was probably uh, a bit of a mentor for me because he, he, he was a good thinker. He, he, he spoke to everyone with a good manner and... He got the best out of every player. Yeah, right. Now, um, 
We spoke about you being a legendary SG ball coach. That's my opinion. I'm not putting the right on you, mate. But um, how did it become about that you became a SG ball coach of the Mighty Sassini Rabbitohs in 1973? I, I came back from Arncliff Scott's uh, after having two seasons with them and went back to my old club, Alexandria Rovers, and I was <coughs> playing A grade. And uh, uh, Wally Dean, who was uh, the secretary of the juniors at the time, and I had a relationship with Wally because he was ex old Ravis man. He initially approached me and another fellow, Frank Kilcran, who was a President's Cup selector for many years and a board member at South Juniors. They both came to me one day and I was still playing A grade and they said, uh, next year would you be interested in applying for the coaching position because there was a fellow, Ray Stig, there uh, who was moving on. Uh, his family were moving to Nambucca Heads. And Stiggy had been coached with the SG ball and had plenty of success with players like Russell Fairfax and the likes of those boys. And uh, so the, uh, when the position came vacant, they asked me to put in and I got the job in 73. Yeah. And who were some of those players in 73 that um, people might know? Uh, there was a couple that went on to play first grade. We... Uh, uh, we, we didn't make the four the first year. We finished equal fourth and there was a count back uh, to go in. There was no playoffs. And uh, Murray Griffiths uh, was one of our better players, went on to play first grade with South. Not a great deal of size, Murray, but uh, actually he's a wharf labourer now and uh, I see him occasionally around, around Botany where he works at Port Botany. And uh, Grant Jones, who's very much tied up in football, Grant was a good centre fullback. Uh, went on to play first grade with a couple of clubs, South and East. And uh, he, he does a lot of work. I, I think he's working with Parramatta now in, in their uh, rugby league system, yes. Yes. Benny, you want something to add there, mate? Yeah, well, I've heard a thousand stories over the years living in uh, under my dad's roof, finding out all the stories about some of the players he coached and where they come from. But it sort of blows you away when you think South Juniors didn't have lower grades, on, well, sorry, until D grade. There was, there was no nappy. You know, when we started playing football with the boys, you were thinking nappies under sixes. And it's unbelievable to think South didn't have sixes, sevens, eights, nines and tens. And I wonder why, why they were so powerful in those 50s, 60s, 70s era when blokes were probably starting later. They weren't getting burnt out. It's, it's hard to believe, yeah. I, I know um, just recently I lost a, a neighbour of mine, legendary Coogee Wombat, uh, Bobcat, yeah. uh, Terry Adams, and also the Rat. Just passed away as well. Nick's played football both um, days at the well, Alexandria Rovers. When I went to, uh, they, they unveiled a bar for him at the uh, Marcelin Fields where we had a, a great couple of trial games the other day for, for our lower grade teams. And and they spoke about how the rap was part of bringing the first ever kids team for the Wombats. And it sort of stood me back. And I said, I didn't realise that we didn't have young teams prior to the 60s. So, so how did they get into football? Is it true school? School footy. School footy only. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, as you just pointed out, like, uh, other areas were even worse. Like, as I said, like, I was born and bred at Newdown, and Newdown didn't have any teams other than 17, 18s and 19s upwards, where South had, we were, our first competition was F grade. I can remember playing F grade in 1957, and the next two years... Uh, no, in 57 I played F grade, in 58 I played F grade, in 59 
I was still young enough to play G-grade because they brought in a G-grade competition. And uh, I, 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 we made the grand final that year and uh, Sir Henry Morris was the captain of the opposition side, the old Botany RSL, and they beat us 2-0 in the grand final. Yeah, uh, some producers flogged footballers. You. Flogged you 2-0 in the grand final. So Henry <laughs> Morris, Steve Maven, Dirty Neville, a couple of Botany legends. Yeah, over. yeah. And uh, the, the Botany mob were good enough a uh, couple of weeks after we played the grand final uh, to invite us out to Botany RSL and put a dinner on for us, even though they beat us. Yeah, and they, had, they had a player at the time who finished up being a world champion golfer who kicked the goal this day that beat us 2-0. Bobbo Stanton, Bobby Stanton, who um, grew up just around the corner from where Brent now lives. And uh, he, he would have been 12 years of age and kicked a goal from the sideline from halfway and beat us two, two bloody nil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it is interesting how uh, the pathways have developed yeah. and evolved. And you're, we're watching that with the women's pathways at the moment. It sort of starts at about 15, 17th, 90 so... That'll be interesting to see how the women's game evolves over the next few years. Now, what about the next couple of years? We'll, we'll, we'll sort of touch on the next few years, 74, yeah. 75. Um, yeah. I'll throw the talk about some of these guys. Yeah. Arthur Katunas was one of them, I think, in 74. Arthur keeps on telling me that, uh, don't forget, we were the first team he ever won the competition with. Every time oh, he bumps go. into me. But, uh, yeah, Arthur Katunas. Well, it's uh, only the second year coach, so it wasn't like yeah, hard to... Yeah, no, but he, uh, he keeps reminding me of that, and... Uh, uh, Arthur Katunas was in that side Nathan Gibbs was in that team and the captain of our side that year, Nathan Gibbs who himself went on to captain South Sydney first grade level was Phil Davis and Nathan Gibbs always says that he is the best footballer he ever played with Phil was a school teacher at uh, Marceline Waverley College, Renwick Marceline College and uh, he was a champion player. Uh, he got graded with South when Jack Gibson and Brian Smith and Billy Anderson came over to South to coach. And uh, Jack Gibson said, this, this boy's a ready-made first grader. Phil would have only been 19 at the time. But he kept... He got knocked out three matches in a row. And uh, Jack advised him to give the game away. He said, you've got more things in life to do than be a punch-drunk footy player. There you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But he, he was a great player. Phil Davis could play lock, 5-8, kick goals, do the whole lot. Yeah. And he won the comp in 74. Um, yeah, they won the comp. Good mate. Second year in. Yeah, yeah, second year of me coaching. We won the competition. We played uh, at the cricket ground... Um, Early in the day before New South Wales played Wales, actually. And, uh, yeah, we played Balmain. And uh, we won, uh, I'm sure it was eight points to two, something like like that. Rodney Churchill, Clive's son, was in that side. Uh, yeah, they were, they were a good... Every, every year that you had a footy team, the players were all different. The first year I started coaching, they were a team of larrigans. Who yeah. like who Keith, liked a good time? Keith McGraw's uh, brother was in the side that yeah, year. Yeah, Wayne McGraw and uh, likes of uh, a gr- group of Kenzo boys. They were good blokes, but they were larrigans. That's the reason why we uh, go to the snow trip. I think Keith's always we've, we've continually gone to Jindabyne and travelled up there, and 
go up and see Joe, you know, Wayne for a beer all the time, and he sadly yeah, well, passed away. Well, the last Wayne just recently passed away. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was a good bloke, and uh, yeah, and uh, and then the next year, seventy uh, four, which was Rodney Churchill, Phil Davis, Nathan Gibbs, they were all goody two shoes. They were completely opposite. Uh, a doctor, a mathematician, <laughs> and a school teacher. They were yeah, all yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, Dr. Nathan, yeah, he still, yeah. still um, works for the Swans and the Roosters, I believe. Yeah, and uh, well, there's a question one I want to ask you: Did you have any dealings with, or with Clive Churchill, button in, or wanting to say anything with Rodney? Or yeah, uh, I used to have a beer at the Cauliflower Hotel on a Saturday afternoon, and I was a good mate of Bobby Grant, who was one of uh, Clive's favourite players, and uh, Granny said to me, Church would like to call in Saturday afternoon if you're at the pub. I said, yeah, right, you know I'll be there. <coughs> and uh, this was pre-season. And Clive arrived this day and Rodney was a really good player. Didn't have much size. Very quick. And he played his club football as a centre. And I thought he'd either make a really good fullback or a halfback. And so I played him a couple of trials as a fullback, and Clive was of the opinion that there was too much pressure on him at fullback. So he uh, he came and seen me. We had a beer together, and he said if he could find another spot for Rodney to play, I'd be very grateful for that. He said because fair enough, just a, a parent, yeah. um, you know. Yeah, and uh, his advice was good. I still think Rodney would have made a very good fullback. But I did. I played him half back, and he was a success there uh, with with our team that year that went went through and won. Yeah. Well, there you go. Dealing with uh, the, the little master, the first ever immortal of the rugby league. Yeah, yeah. He demanded to have a beer with Nigsy. There you go. That's why we got him on Bunnies TV. Now, what about the the following year, seventy five? Seventy five. How did we go uh, then? Yeah, I think I I learned a lot of things from the the, the first two years and. Uh, the next year, uh, we had a very strong side, which was uh, captained by Gary Ella, who was finished up being a Wallaby, went to local school, Matraville. What a uh, talent he was. Great player. He, he, would, he would have had a rugby league career forever and ever because a little bit different to his two twin older brothers. Hang, hang on a second. The two twin older brothers, you're talking about Mark and Glenn. Mark and Glenn Ella. Didn't you drop them from the... Didn't pick them in the 74 side? We, we left we left them out. <laughs> 74. So your 74 side wins a comp undefeated. And uh, and you don't pick Mark Ella. Or Glenn Ella. Or Glenn Ella. And another bloke, I believe... Uh, there was two others that went on to have pretty strong football careers was Phil Siegsworth and John Tobin. And uh, so there was four very good players that didn't go through with this team that won the competition, but for different reasons. The two Ella boys were very involved in rugby union at Maddow High, and mm. their coach there was Jeff Moles, who was the Australian schoolboy coach. So he sort of had them under lock and key a bit. Uh, Phil Sigsworth was a very good player, but he was playing in two competitions at at that time, because oh, okay. he was an Erskineville boy. And John Tobin come to me probably 25 years later 
and said, do you remember me? One night I was at the Coogee Bay, actually, and he came up with a, a bloke that I was coaching in an A-grade team. Uh, he was with Carl Christie, and he came up to me and he said, do you remember me? And I thought, oh, here's trouble. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I remember you, John. He put his hand out and we shook hands, and he, he said, you left me out of an SG ball squad. And I said, yeah, that's correct. He said, I was legless, wasn't I? A <laughs> couple of years later, he was playing first grade with the Roosters, but at the time he even realised that he was an average player, but he just, he just turned into a very good player. Yeah. You, you might have spurred him on, mate, sometimes, you know. Yeah. Don't forget, yeah. So getting Michael back Jordan missed out in a high school team, but anyway, that's so another getting story. getting back to this 75 seed, so your captain was Ella. Captain was Gary Ella the next year after his two twin brothers uh, wouldn't come training for us. I'm surprised he didn't turn up and uh, say I'm not playing for this play. Well, I, I, I don't know what happened. I think I, well, I did. I, I, I bumped into their school coach, Miles, here at a shopping centre. And he said, uh, Nixie, you, you know me? And I said, yeah, I do. He, he said, uh, I mucked you around a little bit last year with uh, the two Ella boys. And, uh, and uh, he he was putting training sessions on the same time as what I had mine on and, and things were getting a bit cross-fired. But uh, Gary, the next year, I don't think missed a training session and he was the only one in that team. Most of them came from Waterloo, Mascot, uh, Maroubra. He was a sole player from La Perouse and I appointed him captain and he'd done a mighty job. Yeah, Very good defensive player, Gary. You actually played Parramatta in the semi-final. We played Parramatta in the semi-final, and they had the likes of Eric Groth, Steve Eller. Steve Eller actually captain Parramatta. Zip, zip, and they, man. And the, the, the two cousins, they marked up on each other, and Gary cut him in half this day. They were probably favourites to win the competition, and we went on and knocked them out, and we won it. Yeah. yeah so he'd be up there one of your better footballers, uh, Gary Eller? Yeah, he'd, if, if I was picking my best side, he'd be one of the centres. Wow, okay. Who else do we have in this side that went on to play first grade? Uh, Dennis Donahue was in that side. Son of the son of Dennis. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis, Jr. Dennis, Dennis Jr. Yeah, uh, there, there wasn't a real lot of first graders. A lot of them went on to, uh, to play grade at South. Uh, Mark Kane, Tony Studden, uh, little halfback Jeffrey Smith, uh, they were a good all-round team and uh, a, a good lot of young fellas, yeah. yeah. There was a bit of rivalry between Mascot and Maroubra at the time and uh, the juniors used to always send the rep sides away for some small trip. One one side each year would get the big trip. So if it was a Presence Cup one year, the next year it would be the flag or the ball and it would rotate. But every side would get a, a weekend away and I said to my selectors, because there was a bit of friction between Mascot and Maroubra players and there was about six or seven from either side made up the base of the 20 squad. And I said, it'd be a good idea to <coughs> send them up to Univase for the weekend. Arrive on a Friday afternoon, there was tennis courts up there and nine-hole golf course and, and I thought that had given them to mix in well together. Well, they got on so well up there, they didn't want to come home. And I won't mention any names, but we went up on an old bus and uh, it went about that somebody sabotaged the bus and we couldn't leave. 
uh, old Darcy Lawler said, don't worry about the bus. They're coming home anyway on this, late on a Sunday afternoon. We had three days up there. <laughs> he booked all taxis. They taxied them all home back to the junior. So <laughs> the bus trick didn't work for them anyway. <laughs> I know who they were, but I won't name them. <laughs> oh, no, of course not. So, so you've missed the semis first year, and you go bang, bang, win the comp, back to back, back to back. Yeah, missed the first year of the semis, and then we won uh, the next three. We won uh, 75. And then you move on to 76. 76. This was a great side. Uh, a lot of people have said, which is the best side of your teams that won it? And yeah, we've got the photo of each team, as you've noticed, um, that uh, Benny's here putting in front of his dad. So just to, I don't even need to remember about him because I've heard this story so many times. But it just he just yeah. he could know he could actually without even looking at the photo. Probably you can name the starting side in those seventy four, seventy five, seventy six sides. Wouldn't yeah, you? well, we we had some players in this team that all went on to play first grade that couldn't that couldn't make the starting side. Players like Greg Mackey, Greg mm. Evans, Wayne McPherson. All first graders. Hundred, hundred. Uh, couldn't make. He's over three hundred in our couldn't, 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 couldn't make the tough as they come. Greg couldn't Evans. make the side. And there was a, there was a boy in this side. Everybody knows about him in South Sydney Juniors. Alan Ferguson. Mm. He could, he could, he could play anywhere from front row to fullback. Uh, he was a big boy and and he was quick in those days. Actually. At, at 14 or 15 years of age, he was a beach sprinter. He went to Tasmania and, uh, and he, he got pipped in the 100-metre beach sprint. And he could play front row and just bust them open. And probably, they talk about Kevin Longbottom and Eric Sims, he was as good a goal kicker as them. Wow. He, he just kicked goals at 15, 16 years of age from the sideline. Anywhere on the field. Never played first grade. Never played first grade. Yet his, yet his other two brothers, I think, might have. Or uh, Gil, Gilbert and Warren, his younger brothers, were good players. But Alan had that much talent. At, in this particular team, there's probably 10 of these blokes that went on and played first grade. And like some Mario and uh, 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 George Mario Fennick was in this team, yeah. Mario Fennick was a hooker, yeah. Uh, he was a more passionate player you wouldn't find. No. Uh, who was your halfback? Halfback was George Longbottom, who played first grade with South. In front, uh, Greg Mackey played the first two games in the in the ball competition because Longbottom had had a cracked collarbone, and uh, even though George came into the side and took Mackey's place, they finished up being two of the best mates. Yeah, very good side. Uh, tackle machine and Gary Ross played lock forward. Shane O'Neill was the captain. Uh, he he was just a workaholic, Shane Arnell. It, it, you know, he probably weighed 12 and a half stone. If he'd have been as big as the players of the day, he, he, he'd have had rep on us for sure. He, he must have been level. a football and a half because I think he played first grade as an 18-year-old, which back then yeah. he was never done. Well, it was yeah. when Jack Gibson come across and he just seen him and... Uh, I, he'd I be think, lucky to have turned 18. I think he'd retired by the time he was 21 to finish football to be an electrician. Yeah, he he lives on the Central Coast now. He's up at uh, Terrigal Way. I don't get to see him. We had a reunion a while back. And uh, uh, of the 20 in the squad, they're all 
living in different areas and that. Nine of them turned up. The only one that wasn't there was uh, Alan Ferguson, who passed away. Just one of your best sides, um, Nigsy. I mean, looking at the grand final yeah, did, score, did, what is it, 28-3 to three or something like that? Yeah. yeah. This side, That's a fair oh, touch-up in a grand final. They sent this side up to North Queensland where we played uh, seven different club teams up there, Cairns, Townsville, Mackay. They even flew us out to Mount Isa to play out at Mount Isa. They won every game. And when, when I say they won every game, won every game comfortably. Yeah. You, know, you know, 20 or 24 points. And then we and this was three points a try back in the three points a try, and uh, and then we played North Queensland combined side. So that was a make up of the seven teams in the North Queensland area, and uh, we beat North Queensland as easily as we beat all the other teams. And it was a game out at Mount Isa, uh, and it was getting close to half time. Was actually the, the 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 bell had rung. And we, we had a penalty on halfway. And there was all these young Aboriginal kids sitting around the, the fence railing. Like a ground-like mascot oval it was. And uh, Fergo must have said to Shane, who was a captain, let me have a shot at goal. And it was halfway on the sideline. These boys were 16 years of age. And all these little Indigenous kids were all saying... Who this lad think he is? Who this lad think he is? Well, you wouldn't believe it. Fergo puts the ball down and roofs the ball, goes out of the ground, straight between the posts, and they lost the ball. And they said, he is a champion. He is a champion. <laughs> <laughs> but that was Fergo. He, he, Fergo only had one problem. He was lazy. If, he, if, if he'd have trained like Shane Arnold and some of the other blokes in the team, it, it, it could have been anything, anything at all. And everybody in the area that talks about good players, Fergo's name always comes up. Yeah, I've heard it many times. Any, yeah. any truth in the story about Jack Gibson uh, coaching South at the time, watching him train one day? Yeah, he, he, Jack was using him as a fullback. It was at Burralui Park, actually, down at Botany. They were using the fields down here to train on. And uh, uh, Jack said it. At Alan Ferguson, he he's very much like Graham Moody. He's going to be a superstar. Two or three weeks into training, Jack said, he ain't going to be Graham Moody. He don't train hard enough. Wow. That was Fergo, which, you know. And he died died at a young age. had a heart attack coming home from work on, uh, at Botany. Yeah. Rest in peace. So what about eight or Fergo. nine NRL players in that side? Yeah, yeah, there was. Uh yeah, as you said, they they won the grand final by a big margin, twenty eight to three. It says yeah, twenty eight to three. Yeah, and uh, I think Fergo scored about eighteen points that that day, or uh, whatever the odd number was. He might have scored twenty seven points or something. Yeah, we're going to get to his um, his best team of all time, and just by listening to that, I think this, I think Fergo could oh. be in there. What about the next couple of years? Obviously, we've just won three in a row, 74, 75, 76. Yeah. So what foot, about the next so couple of years? So football back then. So you would have had SG Ball at 15 years of age. Started off at 15, Was Jersey yeah. Fleet only two years up? Or did they have a, was it a three-year Ger- gap? It Ger- uh, started off uh, at 17, and they, they rose that to 18. Okay, and President's, President's Cup was, Cup was, always, was 21. always 21. So that's a big gap between jumping from a Jersey Flag Football or trying to be a Presidents Cup player absolutely. As, as a kid. Absolutely, you know, uh, there, there was lots of good players that didn't make the rep side the next year, but the real good ones did. 
Yeah. Well, the 77 and 78 was where the years flip over. So you actually get the... Uh, yeah, 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 SG ball side was a 70-70 side, and then the year you made the semis and got beat. Yeah, yeah. Then the year flips over again, they get the moves up to 16. So yeah, that's when they change the ages. So most of those players played a second, a second season. Uh, there were some some good players in this side. We uh, uh, likes a Klaus Perker because it was it was a brilliant player. Chucky Jones there still running these. Chucky Jones was the rep secretary at the time, and my old mate Ozzy Ray, who was a selector with uh, uh, SG Ball for oh over twenty years, he was there every year that I that, that I was involved. It was a young Tony Henderson up young there? Young Tony Henderson was our was was our trainer. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a young fellow who who captained his team, Anthony Cogan, came from Maroubra, and uh, he's a uh, he produces movies and acting and all that now. I okay. uh, haven't heard from him for a number of years. He came from a big big family. They all lived at Maroubra. I think there was about 11 in the family. And Tony decided to take the acting caper on and gave football away. But he was a, he was a good, tough hooker. Very good. Any, any kids there kicked on and played first grade? Stan Brown, uh, who played with South. So I think he went to Illawarra and... and Played there, he was a, a a real try scorer. Stan had plenty of speed and everything like that. Uh, yeah, that they were a good side. Uh, that Wayne Lonigan played some first grade with Norse. Uh, still a local boy, lives in the area. Uh, drives me mad sometimes when he's on the drink, <laughs> but he's a good bloke, Lono. Who would be the best footballer on that side? Klaus Perkovic. Big Rod McPherson had plenty of ability, but uh, had a bit of a lazy attitude, Rod. But uh, Klaus Perkovic had, had all the skills in the world. He looked like a bloody movie star. He could play cricket. He could play tennis. Anything he put his hand to, he was a champion at. He captained a President's Cup a few years after this that, that, that won the competition. Uh, I think I think Bull was the coach, Bull Gorman. And there were some French... Uh, officials out here, and they must have. Well, they did. They watched the President's Cup game, and uh, straight after in the dressing room, they approached Klaus and made him an offer to go to France for a season or two. Uh, he went over there, and until this day, he still lives there. So he, uh, I th- yeah, well, yeah, he, he did pretty well. I think he he married a rich lady who was a good sort. So he finished up very happy. <laughs> There's a win. Yeah. Well, here's another one for you. Who was the captain of the next year? And uh, the two failed attempts with the back-to-back sides. You, you kick a goal in 79. Yeah, this was a good side. Uh, captain by Tucker. Craig Coleman. Mm. Uh, he's 5'8". Uh, finished up being a wallaby. David Knox had the silkiest hands you've ever seen. And Darren McCarthy was another one that went on to play... At first grade level, good player. Uh, Darren Finlayson was a hooker in the side. Uh, this particular side we played, Benny Elias was the captain of Balmain. And we got to play him. <coughs> we played him in the last official trial before the competition started. And a bloke that I knew, Coach, he came to me before the game and he said, we, if it suits you, he said, I'm only going to give me spare players 
small amount of time if I want a real hit out. And I said, well, that's fine by us. So anyway, Benny was their captain, as I said, and Darren Finless was our hooker. So we played them in that, that game. Uh, uh, we played at that ground over at Leichhardt, Blackmore Oval. There's a canal runs along the side. And you're not allowed to kick that side because they used to lose all the footballs. So you had to just advance the ball 10 metres, which, which was good anyway. Kept the game going. But uh, we, and then we met them in the rounds, Balmain. And then we met them in the final, at the grand final at the old uh, sports ground. Pissing down rain in the mud. And Finno was our number one hooker. And against Benny, in the three games that we played, Balmain, Finno was our best player, Darren Finlayson. Uh, Paul Bugger's got uh, multiple sclerosis now. Not real well. He's a great mate of Tuggers. Uh, but uh, Finno, the, the harder the game, the better it suited him. He was, tough, he was a tough cookie. That's yeah. the, uh, the old inner city of uh, South Sydney where he used to produce... Waterloo, Chelsea, yeah. Redfern, Zetlin. It's a, it's a shame now because all those clubs you just mentioned have uh, nearly all defunct. Uh, uh, even clubs before them like the old South Sydney Fernleys, Chelsea, uh, Moore Parker on on their last legs, uh, Zetlin. Uh, you know, all the inner city clubs are just starting to fall by the wayside. And all, the, all the tough players were produced in there. That was for sure. So you won the comp in 79, but I did notice you've lost a game there. Yeah, we got uh, we went over to Manly. And we were, I think we'd won four from four. We won all our trials very easily. And we led 13-0 after about 15 or 20 minutes. And a lot of the junior league officials, uh, went, the loose club was close. Well, we played at Brookvale Oval. They went around there to have a little drink and... Got back and I'd locked the dressing room door when they got back at full time. And they said, What's Nixie got the shits about? They said, Oh, the score was 26 13. We led 13 nil. And they said, Oh, well, that's still a win. But it wasn't. We got beat 26 13. They had a bloke, Phil Blake, played. I don't know where he was their first three games because they got beat by big margins. We. we we beat a team the week before that beat them the week before by 50. We beat them by 50. So I thought, well, we're going to have a cruisy game here. And I think the players thought, thought the same thing. Well, Phil Blake, the second half, he must have scored four tries and, and, and set up another one or two. And that's, I think that was a reason, because Tugger was in love with him, that he finished up coming to South. Because Tugger drove him mad, bring him across. and He played with a few clubs, Phil, but... Uh, he was a brilliant player in those days, but that, that was a good side. And well, I think we, he won the try scoring. Uh, scored the most tries in 83 for Manly, his rookie year, I'm sure of it. Phil Blake. Which and was and pretty and rare for a halfback. About 27. It wasn't just a... Yeah, it was and 27 tries in 83, yeah. And I, I reckon probably a third of those would have been chips over the top and rig others. Oh, yeah, he was a freak had. at it. I actually did some yeah. sprint training with Phil Blake at Centennial Park with uh, Jack Giddies and Reg Austin. And it was at the back end of his career when I think he was running around with St George at the time. He could still motor. Like, from zero to 20, he was an Olympic sprinter off the marks. His thighs, he just had perfect technique. Had a real um, low running style, didn't he? Yeah, really, really, really close thick. to the ground. He was all, yeah. he was all hips and that. Yeah. He, he scooped up balls off his toes. He was, I mean, that 89 side, and I think, you know, Maverick can contest to 
how good a footballer he actually was. And he missed out on the kangaroo tour, I think. Was it the 90 kangaroo tour? Or? Yeah, I think he did. He's, yeah. yeah, and that's probably, you know, you go back and look at on some of the players. Like Dylan Edwards would probably miss out and we never play for Australia. But, you know, you can go back and through the years and who's been the unluckiest player never and... Attacking wise, I mean, he's up there with Greg Alexander, in my opinion, and um, Brandy got to yeah, represent Australia. The knock on him was defence, but uh, he'd done, oh. back then you could you could cover that, mate. Yep. Yeah, that was a very good side, Tucker side. Yeah. Yeah, that was a game we lost against Manly. Yeah, the only game we we, we put it together after that and 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 won the remainder matches. Yeah. So we move on to nine and A's. It's my first year involved in South City, wearing a little jumper and shorts and socks. Yeah, I was actually a... Uh, you was a sand boy. I was a sand boy. Yeah, uh, little rent there, yeah. I wasn't a oh, ball yeah. boy, I was a sand boy. I didn't want to run around and chase balls. I just wanted to <laughs> dampen the sand and hand it off to the big old kicker. And was the Minty's jersey, was that one of the... That was the yeah. first couple of years of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah this side was a very strong side too. We, uh, I can remember us winning the grand final at... Henson Park, and they won by a big margin. I think it. Uh, I think we scored twenty-eight points that day, and there was several first graders, uh, the likes of Mark Ellison, Russell Bartlett, Bruce Longbottom, Paul Judd, Todd Bishop, Joey Thomas was the captain, a great player. To- Joe, mm, Joey, uh, Craig Weeks, Weeks he played Ross Harrington, yeah. all went on to play at first grade level and. That, that was a very good side. There was a boy in this side, uh, Paul Diaz, uh, who I've got no doubt would have been an exceptional first grader. Uh, he gave the game away at about 19 years of age. He was an Australian schoolboy player. Uh, I think him and Elo Mark Ellison made uh, schoolboys the same year. He... Uh, he he went to Pagewood, but prior to that, he went to St Mary's Cathedral. I think he, I think he, uh, at that time, St Mary's used to finish their kids off at uh, year eleven, and then they'd have to go on and do another year at another school. I think he went to, he did, he went to Pagewood Morris Brothers, just down the road from here. Uh, yeah, that, that that was a very good team. And what did he give the game away for? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I think he fell in love with a girl. <laughs> And uh, I don't know why you can't play football if you've still got a girlfriend. <laughs> well, that depends on. Yeah. Particularly if you're as good as what he was. He, he was a, he was a real good centre, probably one of the best centres that played in in those teams. You know, well, that was when I fell in love with football. Being a, I mean, I was dragged out to Saturday to watch three games of football. Or it was, <laughs> was SG Ball, Jersey Flag, Presence Cup. Yeah. Then I'd have to back up and play football the next day on a Sunday at Mascot Oval nice and early. Then I was dragged out to Redfin again to watch, which was back then, I was either third grade or 23s, reserve grade. Versus. I was, there were six games of South Sydney football games I had to watch every weekend. And Still doing it. I, 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 well, I got a little <laughs> bit bored back then as I what I've become a sand boy, but I got lucky actually. I was a, Well, they won every game and they scored plenty of points and the goal kicker didn't really miss too was uh, Mark Ellison. LA was a good goal kicker. He was a big yeah. toe poker. He yeah. was a good toe poker back in the day. And yeah. Yeah, gave me his instructions, like he still is today. Yeah. But he wanted his sand a little bit wet, and I used to come out with my little bucket, and I was filled up, ready to go. And he, he one of those, used all the full bucket, then grabbed a handful, moved half of it away. Like, you should only bring, you should only brought up. It was, it was tough to carry around all the time. Make up your mind, Ella. Come on, mate. There was one fella on this side, Timmy Macaroonis. He was a year younger than the other boys, but he was outstanding in his own grade, and we pulled him up, and he, he, he made the starting side with us. And a couple of years after this, he went into the police force. 
and he'd only been uh, in the police force about four or five months. He was on night shift, apparently, and uh, there was a police pursuit, and it was a wet, rainy night. He was a passenger in the car. Car went sideways, hit a pole. Timmy died. Wow. Rest in peace, Timmy. You tell you what, you don't make too many rap sides of your young back in those no, house any no. days. You, you would never even chose. He, he, he was very quick and he, he, he was a strong defender. He, he, he was an outstanding player in his own age group, but he, he was good enough to make this, this team on his own ability. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. 81. One that got away. Yeah. Uh, this was one of the few teams where we had a, a big pack of forwards. We had uh, Tony Merritt, Gary Ardler, Ian Roberts, Wayne Evans, uh, Stephen Dack, all, all big, strong young fellas. And we were short on backline players, funny thing. Uh, we, we, we needed a player like a Bradley Webb who was injured or was crook at the time and we missed out over Brad and it, it, it just took away whatever attack we had. So we finished up playing some games with 10 forwards in the, in the team. We had second rowers playing on the wing and things like that. All did a good job. But we battled along and we got to play... Uh, Penrith in the semi-final uh, and their gun player as everybody knows and probably their best ever player was Brandy Greg Alexander mm-hmm. and we had him in a bit of trouble halfway through the second half and Tony Merritt was a, a gun player then like he was a big mobile forward that could bust the line and, and still run 50 metres to score a try and we were uh, we were locked up. Scores were. Tony's made a break straight down the middle of the field. Scores under the post. The referee pulls us back and gives us a penalty. <laughs> that probably would have put well, it would have would have put a six in front. And uh, with about ten to go, I'm I'm sure I'm right in saying that Tony got sin binned. And we didn't have him for the last 10 minutes and Brandy just cut us up. And I think they scored two tries and got away with us at the finish. But that, they were a tough side because we didn't have a lot of brilliance out wide. And uh, Well, that was one of Penrith's best ever ages because I, well, I actually went through the stats and went through a grand final side. They had Alexander, Colin Vandervoort, John Cartwright and Ben Gonzalez. Yeah. So you don't realise, you think you've got a good age bracket and you've got some good sides and you come up against... Yeah, teams like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, we, that, you know, and obviously, well, Penrith win the comp ten years later. So, yeah, we had in our uh, level. Yep. But we had like Johnny Thomas was a a, a back rower. He played halfback in the team and, and did did a good job too, uh, Leather. But uh, yeah, but that's just one that we had a chance of winning. But they were, they were just too good in the last bit of the game. Now we're getting closer to uh, Mavo's age bracket where. Uh, a lot of those tough Redfin, uh, Carrington, Waterloo boys were all sort of running around. Was that this sort of yeah. age bracket? These were two Malarricans too, Maybe's group. Uh, there were some good, some good players there. A couple went on to play first grade. Uh, uh, I think 
Maybe is absent from the photo. Is that right? I don't know. He was eighty three. I think Maybe might have been the year after this. But he's. But I know Maver definitely played a bit of football with Graham Merritt, Horse, and all those. I, I remember watching games at Redfern Oval. They were the dirtiest football I've ever seen. I used to. That was Maver's Maver's down later on. Oh Next yeah. This is this this side's eighty two, Maver. You didn't play in this side, did you? No. Eighty two. Now you're two years younger than this, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. in this one. But this was. This was Graham Merritt, Tony's younger brother, who was a very good player. Darren Maroon went on to play first grade. Uh, Pretty tough, Darren Maroon. Yeah, good, good, good hard player, Darren. Uh, Peter Jones, who's uh, was a good, good finisher, centre winger. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, young uh, Gilesy there, he uh, policeman. Played, yeah, played. First grade rugby union with Ranwick. Uh, Mudgy Lines probably... Back it up again. He must have, he played the year before, Mudgy. Oh, Mudgy, Mudgy. Mudgy always played up a grade. He, One of the best A-grade players you've ever seen. Absolutely. Yeah. And just kept playing into his 40s. Yeah. 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 Ray, Ray, Ray Balance. And, Ray Burns yeah. and Mudgy Lines are... You know, I could probably throw yeah. Johnny McGuigan is probably the three best mm. A-graders around the area that I grew up in. Watched Malay. They were... They just kept turning up every year. But all, all the Lineses could play. Warwick... Uh, Warwick would have made a side one year with us, uh, and uh, he got hit by a car and he had a fractured hip. Warwick was a good player; he, he's older than older than Mudge. And then, well, naturally, then along came Graham, probably one mm. of the best players I've been involved with. Graham Lyons, you know, just a natural, yeah, yeah. And how we go that year? Uh, now we did we 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 we, we won uh, our share of matches, but. Uh, we didn't. We didn't top it off. Yeah. And what about the year of Steve Maven? The Steve Maven era. As a year young, one, as a year young Steve, mate, Steve Maven, so eighty three. Where would you play Steve Maven? Because as a, he was one of those. Maven Alan played Ferguson. in the forwards, but Maven was a bit like Alan Ferguson. He was big. He was mobile. Maven could have played. Well, he did from anywhere from front row to second row to centre to fullback. Maven was probably our, our standout player of that. Age group and a beach sprint champion, and a beach. Well, we we just keep producing these beach sprint champions. But, well, I went to I went to South Sydney High, and you used to go to those swimming carnivals, and I'd give you a little piece of paper folded out, and I'd say, "Age champion under 16s, 15s, 14s, 13s." And I was obviously a few years younger than Maver, but it was like under thirteen. Who holds the swimming championship? It was Maver, and then I was fourteen. It was Steve Maver, and, like, and it was every event, every. And then when I went to athletics, it was exactly the same thing. It's Steve Maven, he must have a brother. Well, that's Maven. He, he can run, he can swim. Yeah, so there was, uh, that was Mavo's one age bracket and then back up in his own age. And uh, Yeah. It was a captain. Oh, that was, that, was a, that was a full of the Botany boys. Yeah, uh, Mavo's original junior club, Botany. Well, they were the, you're the Rams in Mavo, were you? Botany Rams? They had a different. Well, Botany always kicked off. When I was young, they were Botany RSL and they had light blue jumpers and they were Botany United and they played in light blue. And then they produced a jumper that uh, probably the worst jumper that I've ever seen, uh, the Violet Crumble Bars. They were, <laughs> they were purple and gold. <laughs> I don't know if Mavo played with in the purple and gold colours. <laughs> there you go. Steve but, Maven behind the camera there, you well, might have gathered. Botany had a really good footballer at the time. He's actually a doctor. He actually quit football pretty early. He was... 
Wade Harper, he was going to be. Yeah, Wade. I mean, I used to watch Botany still play a bit. To this day, yeah. Hardy and Mavo and Wade Harper was a real good footballer. I think Manoa Thompson was involved in your Botany side. Was that similar? Noly Goldthorpe as well? Was it when you when you go back through and you think, oh, well, I'm yeah, second. Yeah, and uh, Rooster came across from Balmain, Grant Law. He's, uh, actually, his father passed away this week, Berger. Oh, rest in peace, Bergs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, is, that, is that Pete Halcrow, the head beachy of Ramick City Council, has uh, been for his, a long time? That's his brother. Put uh, there's a Phil. few brothers. There's Phil, uh, there's Phil. I think the one at the beach is Peter. There's Mark. Mark, yeah. who, Mark. Who, who also played in these rep sides and was a good player. Yeah, uh, yeah. Danny Dawson would be in this photo. There's Danny. There, he was a good hooker. Chippy. Troy Mawson. So I think maybe I was anyone out of that side went on to NRL level. Is that about right? Yeah, that'd be right. That's right for sure. Yeah. Lost some close games. 4-2 to Penrith and... Uh, yeah, we got beat 8-6 to Cronulla. Well, a couple of good sides. We had, that, that, that was a tough draw, that one, actually. But... Uh, we move yeah, on to, we'll let's just, move on to one of your next hot sides. Yep. I would say it's the best team you had that didn't win the comp. But they, you know... As yeah. luck would have it, the years flipped over and they got another check and spite of the cherry. Like so, nine eighty five. Nine eighty five yeah. was a side. Cup side. Y- yep. This was this was a great side. Uh, when you got players like Martin Masella, Darren Brown, uh, Scotty Wilson, uh, Geordie Peets, uh, David Gordon, Bulldog Gordon, Grant Hyde, who tackle a telegraph pole. Uh, all, all good players. Uh, red legs. Red legs. Michael Aldridge. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, David Millwood was a good player. And uh, I think you left out a. Uh, Albie. Yeah, Albie Stewart. He was a what, football and a half. Him and so. Well, he, he he used to do the same thing as what Phil Blake did. I reckon if Albie kicked the chip, kicked over the top ten times, he'd get it back nine. Right. He, he he was a good player and a year younger. Both him and Scotty, uh, out of this team made the New South Wales sides a year younger. To do that at that quality level, you've got to be a good player. Alan Strickland was the captain of the side, a real good, safe, solid halfback. Uh, Not quick, but his his service was terrific and and got on good with everyone. Stricko, he was just a good bloke. Graham Lyons, absolute superstar. Graham played lock in this side. uh, And... He probably <laughs> averaged two tries a game playing a lock forward and would make over 30 tackles a game. And yet he never ever got to play there at grade level. Uh, but we went into the semi-final at Henson Park. We were playing Paramount and they were, they were winning like we were. Winning comfortably every week. And Graham had been limping around on an ankle for a couple of weeks. And uh, Chucky told him to go and see Nathan, Nathan Gibbs. He's, ar- he's arrived at training on the Thursday night before we're ready to play. And he got him in plaster. I never slept that night. Went home. <laughs> he was our gun player. Uh, Evan Burris took his place in the side. Evan was a good, solid, honest player. Graham just gave you that, that bit extra. 
So yeah. Dr. Nathan gives Rule another one out. Wally Lewis out of a kangaroo tour. I wasn't going to cram t- chunky lines. Na- I wasn't going to talk to Nathan for 12 months, but I bumped into him the next week. <laughs> he said, you've been bagging me. I said, no, I haven't been bagging you. I just wish you'd have stayed away from me for another week or two. Because <laughs> he, he'd been playing on and scoring tries anyway. But anyhow, that, that was that. that uh, and we we'll, 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 Albie was our best player on the field this particular day. Uh Threw a long ball when we were, uh, I think we were four in front with five to go. The bloke stuck his hand out and the ball stuck and he ran away and scored a try at Ensign Park and they, they beat us on the bell. But the same two sides met in the grand final the next year. I didn't, I didn't have them the next year. Uh, they wanted me to coach the President's Cup, so I went up in the next year, which was 86, and... Uh, they beat Parramatta in the grand final and, and beat them very well. So they got they got a bit of revenge that way. But uh, they were a good side. Martin Masella, he was a big, tough bugger. And and uh, he finished up going on Captain Tonga, actually, Martin. And we, we had a reunion uh, a few months back. They organised themselves for boys. And uh, good day over at Henry Morris's bar over there in the sports bar. And... Uh, Telling stories and having a laugh and a joke. Yeah, it was good. Good afternoon. Did you invite Nathan Gibbs? No, no, <laughs> no. But he would have been welcome. All right. Okay. So, so you, so you went up and coached the Presidents Cup side. Um, yeah. What, 80, was, what was the reason behind that? Uh, Bull and Frank Curry had the Presidents Cup, and they went to grade. Yeah, they, went they, they went up to coach the third grade with George's uh, head coach. Uh, and uh, they coached the third grade and there was a spot there in the President's Cup and uh, uh, for some reason uh, they wanted me to leapfrog the Jersey Fleet coach who uh, normally would have got the President's Cup job if he'd have wanted it. But uh, that wasn't done and they asked me to do it. and I didn't really want to... I was happy coaching the younger rep sides. Uh, so I had two years there, and we, we, we had a good year. We got we, we got knocked off by Penrith in the semi-final out at Campbelltown. And, uh, which was the same Alexander Cartwright-Gonzalez sort of age bracket, which uh, there's no Ian Robertsy. Where would he have been? He probably already graded, <laughs> I think. He was playing first grade at the time. Yeah. I think he was over at Wigan in that sort of that era. Could have been. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a little bit of drama leading up to the final. Gilbert Ferguson, who was killing them on the field. Uh, our last training session at Redfern on the Friday night, we, we, we only used to do a bit of light work, just go through our plays and that. And uh, Gilbert hadn't shown. So 20 minutes into the training session, Gilbert turns up and uh, apparently he'd gone to lunch with his workmates and... Uh, they invited him to have a few schooners, <laughs> and Gilbert did. Though so he's rocked up at training and he was inebriated, so I dropped him. And uh, but it was a semi-final. Yeah, yeah. But the rule was if you couldn't train Friday night, you couldn't play Saturday. And and uh, bit, anyway, it's uh, a bit tough. I apologise. I did. I apologise every other player in the team. Of course, uh, I think it probably cost them a win that day with Gilbert not being there. But like the rules are the rules, mate. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you can bend them. 
Yeah, but uh, anyway, that, that, you, you, you bend them. You, you don't bend them for wingers, but you bend them for good players. That's that, how I look at it. Uh, that's <laughs> what happened. It was a shame it wasn't an ordinary game, but it was a final, and it cost us. Right, so that was your two years of, pre- or then you get one more year of Presidents Cup before you get back. Yeah, into the- well, uh, that was a good side. The previous one, this side battled a bit. They were honest goers, uh, but just didn't have the quality to to go on with the job. But they were all. Well, your one country boy went on to play NRL. Yeah, uh, Millsy come down. Actually, Ray Stig, who was a SG ball coach before me, that I said he relocated to. Nam Barker Heads. He used to send, if he thought kids had talent down, to South. And Millsy was one of them. Went on and played President's Cup, Michael. Michael, a good country boy. Yeah. But uh, there was a good bunch of mascot kids and young blokes in this team. And, uh, yeah. But uh, they, they just fell a bit short of what was needed. And you come back to SG Ball the year after that, did you? Yeah, I come back to the, the ball the next year. Uh this was uh, a very good side. There was actually three internationals in this side, which were uh, Jimmy Sedaris, Terry Hill, who was a year younger, Jimmy Dimmick, a year younger. Uh, some of the good players in this side were a year younger. Daryl Trindle, uh, they were all they were all a year younger, playing up a, a grade, and we uh, we. Uh, we got beat by Penrith, who had Fittler. And they had, at the time, a bloke named Kevin Hinton. Mm. And Penrith wanted to call him up to play first grade at 16 years of age. And the, apparently the the body at the time, wouldn't have been NRL, whoever ran the league He's at the time, the league, yeah. Yeah, said, no, that's not on, he's, he's too young. He had... All the ability in the world, and uh, actually we beat him in the last game of the round, Penrith. And uh, passes on the chaps up like this. Oh, yeah. Good memory because you did. You beat him twenty to fourteen. Yeah, and uh, and I thought we'd be able to do it again the next week, but they did their homework pretty good, and uh, they got Fitler more involved in the game, which was dangerous to anyone. I think the captain of that side might have been uh, Ben Alexander. Brandy's young brother. He was uh, that age, I think. Could have been. Darren Taff. Darren Taff, yeah, the father of, uh, father of Lakey Taff. Lakey Taff, South yeah. City. Well, I reckon he might grab yeah. that 14 spot. But Yeah. Um, look, Nathan Donato, Shannon's brother there. Christian Layton. He's mm. not with us any longer. Christian. What sort of players Terry Hill? He, he just seemed like a real powerful young, oh, young fella. A, he was a tough player. Like a wild horse, yeah. Yeah. When he was a kid, uh, Jimmy Dimmick said he scored 100 tries one year. He said, but he never passed the ball once. Because <laughs> him and Jimmy are good mates, and uh, Jimmy used to send him up. But uh, but Terry, uh, if you've ever watched footage of Terry playing football, always ran to the right-hand side. And, you, you, like, today, most attacking sides hit the left, hit the left, like South score most of their tries down that left side to Alex mm. Johnson. But when Mayvay played, he loved running to the right. He could get the ball on the left and he'd come around to the right. And he, did I say? Yeah, you just, you're talking about Terry. Yep. Yeah, Terry, yeah. But he, 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 was, uh, he was as good a junior as you've seen. Brent played a lot against him and they ran second every time. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for what that. What about Jim Dimmick? Um, Jim Dimmick. Just seemed to have a great football brain. Um, still, still assistant coach this year with, with Manly. 
come yeah. down from the Gold Coast. Yeah. What sort but of player was he? He was very smart, as you said. He had a football brain like like no other. You know, he, he, he was clever with the ball. He was tough without it. He, he, he was a good player. I, uh, uh, a bloke that I've become pretty close to, Brad Levy, he was, he was a New South Wales development officer. Uh, and he was coaching at New South Wales Seven Oons. And he knew that he knew the players like like most of us do that are good, you know. And uh, in in that side that Jimmy and Terry played in, uh, I I didn't have Trindle that year. He was suspended for a reason, and so we were short of five eight. So rather than play Jimmy at lock, I use him at five eight. And there wasn't a lot of video stuff done then. So Levy would ring me up every Monday. How'd the boys go? I said, oh, yeah, Terry went well. Jimmy killed him. Well, I kept telling Levy that Jimmy was playing because they already had Brad Fittler. They're all the same age group. They already had Pennsylvania for the city side and the New South Wales side as 5'8". Jimmy was playing 5'8 for us. And I said, uh, I kept on telling Levy that Jimmy was playing lock forward. Chris Caruana was another one that was playing lock forward, but he found a spot in the second row, even though he finished up being a good centre. And it was a really good side. To, I can rattle the side off to you now. Uh, the fullback was David Riolo. This was a New South Wales side that they all played in. John Lintmeyer, good mate of Brent's, who recently passed away, come and play at South. He was on one wing. Was Brett great. Mullins was on the other wing. The centres were Terry Hill. Terry captained the team. And a Parramatta player, uh, Maymo, uh, Wayne Maymo. Wayne Maymo. 5'8 was Fittler. The halfback was John Simon. The lock was Jimmy Dimmick. The second rowers were Caruana and John Cross from Illawarra, who was a captain of Illawarra. The hooker was a bloke named Robert Walsh. And... He was probably, everybody knew Fittler was good, everybody knew Terry was good, everybody knew Jimmy was good. But this Robert Walsh, who was with Illawarra, he was as big as Mario, he was a big hooker, and he was smart like Benny, Benny Elias. And he, he was, he'd just jump out of dummy half and run over the top of blokes or turn players back underneath, real good player. And he was a hooker. Uh, Boy from our club mate, it, Peter Trevitt, was a front rower. Yeah, he, I don't know if he debuted at South, but he definitely did at Western Suburbs and then Western Red Jersey. And he was a football uh, the and other half. front rower come from Illawarra. His name just gets away from me now, but he was a good player. Uh, Not bad, 76 years of age. He's naming the 1988 <laughs> New South Wales rep side. Off the top of his head, and he's missed one, so we might have to sack you for that. Yeah. Uh, Michael Massetti from Illawarra <laughs> might have been a... Uh, no, he, he, he was injured at the time. It was his other partner, the other front row partner. Well, they won the comp, Illawarra, though. Illawarra won the comp. Uh, we, got, we got beat by Illawarra in the semi-final at Redfern Oval, and they went on and they beat Fittler's side they, at Penrith. They, they had, had Brendan O'Mara and... Uh, well, uh, well, Ryan Girdler was say. in their squad couldn't, and couldn't, couldn't make that New South Wales team. A couple of mates of mine was a sand boy, a bit like you. David Dasher-Johnson, they from the South Eastern, yeah. and uh, yeah. Daniel Scullion. Ball boy. Scullion. Yeah. Big South fan, Scullo. Yeah. Great yeah. Malabar family. He actually had a very good football well, in it. Side. 
who didn't play, we had a knee reconstruction in our Presence Cup year, Nardazar. Nardazar. He was as yeah. good as a footballer back in those days. Was he in this photo? He was in the one before. He was in that one. Yeah. Nardazar was a good player. Yeah, Nardazar. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll move on, Nigsy. Yeah. And a couple of, well, I was going to say a couple of lean years, but he's made semi finals, so I wouldn't too lean. Yeah, but they were, you know, we, we were probably missing a couple of players in different spots, you know. Uh, this side had some good players in it. Troy Slattery was the captain. Uh, Paul Mellor, who was a year younger. Daniel Coote was tough. He played in our own. Paulie Sates, young bloke. Uh, uh, not Paul. Uh, Chris. Chris, Chris Sate. Paul was the older brother uh, who you played with. Heath Bebo. Bebo Stock was there. Duncan McRae. Duncan McRae. Now, he he was an exceptional player, Duncan. All-round sports star, wasn't he? Yep. And and Duncan, I've said to people, because coming through at the time, you always had Tugger, uh, you had Fulzy, you had Duncan McRae, uh, Trindle, and I rate Duncan as good as any of them. When, when when Duncan went got graded with South Jones, he was involved, Alan, and. He wanted to play him as a nine, and uh, he handled all right there. But he, he was out and out and halfback. He, he was a very good player, Duncan, and very smart. Yeah, ninety-one. Yeah, he he captained this side. This was this was one that got away from us. I tell you, uh, we hadn't lost a game all year. We had uh, our first game of the year. We played Newcastle at Newcastle. And our half and five eight was Duncan McRae and Latrell's father, Matt Mitchell. Uh, I think we got highlights of that on Rabbit's Radio when Matt carved up. I remember this day clear as day. I was I was a captain of the Jersey Flag side that was playing an hour and a half after us. We got there on a long bus ride, Redfin, gone to Newcastle, sat on the hill, and they said, Newcastle are the hottest two teams, you know, SG Ball and Jersey Flag. Well, we watched the first half, and I think it was 36-0. South, well, they, they Duncan had, McRae, Matty Mitchell, Paul Mellor, they put on a clinic. Mm. We're, so, sitting on, we're on a hill giggling saying, oh, I told you this trial form's overrated, we'll give Newcastle a bit of a touch-up. Well, it was 36-0 at half-time in the Jersey flag too, but it wasn't South's way. It was, uh, Who were the halves for the Newcastle Knights at that? Joey and Robbie Ross. Not bad, and not bad. Duncan McRae and Matt Mitchell were the two best players on the field. Mellor played in the centres. We had uh, Frank Napoli... Paul McNicholas was in the side. Shannon Donato was a year younger in the side. Sean Doherty, Doc. Yeah, Doc was there. Uh, Lloydie was one of the front rowers. You had, uh, a, you had a goal kicker, left foot, right foot goal kicker. Yeah, he could kick either side. He was a, that was him there. Uh, Manasukas, Michael Manasukas. Unusual. Who kicks a football left foot than right foot? He, could, he, could, he was Mike Eden. If he, if he, if he was Mike on, Eden. if he was on the. Uh, left side of the field, he kicked right-footed. If he was on the other side, he kicked left-footed. And they go over. Yeah. He was a little stocky Greek bloke. He, he could defend good. We use him as a 5'8", sometimes as a fullback. Uh, Charlie Jang, he was in the side. I think he won a New South Wales boxing title, Charlie. Uh, yeah. Uh, Frank Napoli went on and played some first grade. Brett Mailing was a bit of a handful. Malo. Malo was... Uh, Malo was a year younger, but he he, he made that made that side. Uh, 
uh, Terry Hill's cousin, uh, Johnny Hill. He, he used to come. He was a U minor boy. He used to come down every training session on the train, and we'd drop him back to Redfern, and he'd get a train back home. So it was a six-hour. Plenty of commitment. Journey for him, yeah. Your mate, the King of Meadow, Adam Wilkes, his younger brother's in the side, Damien? Damien Wilkes, he was, he, yeah, he, he had a bit of pace in that. Uh, but Shannon was a good, tough player. Like, Shannon was a year up, a year younger, and, and and playing in the middle as a hooker. Nearly always top your tackle count. Good player, Shannon. Yeah, one of my favourites, yeah. And the next year, I think Shannon backs up probably the captain of the side. Captain of this side. But he wished he was back in that side because his side was pretty average. <laughs> but in saying that, they they they, they tried hard and. Uh, uh, and Shannon, yeah. Shannon got a bit carved up this year. You was at a uh, city country game. You picked the best S three ball team and they put them together and then they play a countryside. Yeah, I, I was the coach of the side and and one of the selectors. We used to have a meeting every second week down at Phillips Street and and. Uh, I kept pushing for Shannon all year because he he carried our side. He carried this side on his back. And anyway, uh, we played on a Friday night. We, City played country out there at Parramatta. I, I actually drove Shannon out and I, I drove him home. He lived down Woolloomooloo at the time in the House Commission down there. And uh, he got in the car after the game and I had all the stats, the tackle counts and all that. And he topped the tackle count. Made his darts out of dummy half. Did everything right. He said to me on the way home, he said, how'd I go? I said, you went good, mate. I said, we've got a meeting tomorrow morning at uh, 7.30 at Phillips Street. Me, Levy, Bobby Fulton was a selector at the time and an advisor. And the two country blokes. So I knew there was something wrong when I first walked in. Because we won. I think we won 34-0 in the wet. They didn't look like scoring a try against us. So probably they didn't deserve to get anybody in. You only picked a 17. And Shannon said to me on the way home, I dropped him down the Woolloomooloo. And I said, yeah, you went well, mate. You know, I said, you made 28 tackles or whatever it was. And he said, oh, good. And we had to go meet at the juniors the next morning. I went to Phillips Street, straight back to the juniors to meet the coach, to, the, the bus to go out to, we're playing Penrith. And Shannon was sitting in the foyer. He was sitting all his own. All the other players were further in. And I was as disappointed as him. They come to me and said, we've got to pick a bike from country. I said, yeah, right. And I knew what they were up to. It was uh, Fulton and Levy. And they said, uh, the country selectors reckon their best players are their hooker. I said, yeah, but you ain't as good as our hooker. And they said, well, we've got to put someone in. I said, well, pick one of their centres or one of their wingers and throw into the 17. You don't deserve to miss out. Anyway, I got overruled and Shannon missed out. Well, this kid's name was Greg McNamara. I've never seen him since and I've never heard of him again. But he made a 17-year-old New South Wales side with plenty of good players around him and Shannon missed out. Shannon went on and played nearly a hundred first-grade games. So there's some politics involved in junior well, rugby league, even at the state level. There you Pop go. And Bobby Fulton involved. I'm very surprised there. Well, mate. <laughs> and, 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 and I said, well... Against the South player. That, you know. I said, we'll pick, we'll pick both of them. Pick two hookers. True story, this one. Pick two hookers. He said, we can't pick two hookers in a 17-man uh, a squad. I said, all right. 
Well, funny thing, uh, the year before, his son was in the squad, Scott Fulton. We played country down at Illawarra. Uh, not Port Kembla, but we played down there. It was raining. And young bloke to finish up coming to South, Cole Scully. Yeah. He was the best player for country. Hooker. They picked two hookers that year. Cole Scully and Scott Fulton. So there you go. Great hypocrite was Bozo. Picked his own son. He done something very similar to John Sutton, but anyway, that's for another day. Yeah. Well, yeah. moving on. Well, this is, we're getting to the end of the uh, S3 ball. You, you ever coaching at the S3 ball age, Brad? We've got a 93 and 94. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you've got any NRL players coming out of the 93 side. No. Plenty of local juniors there. Well, you might add a few, but I think they're the, all your youngers. Well, Terry Glassy finished up playing a couple of first grade games, but he was a year younger. So he would have been in that next team that you're going to bring up that won the competition. Yeah. These were... Uh, young Sultana was a good little goer, but wasn't much of him. Uh, Lightning had a dummy ass. Oh, he, he, he was he was our, our top try scorer, and he was probably nearly the top try scorer in the whole competition. I think he, in however many games we played, he, he, he scored more than a dozen tries. He was quick, yep. Yeah, very young quick. Young Robbie Sims there, yeah. Yeah, Sims, he was there. Uh, Driscoll, uh, 90. So, that, so this was a young side because they were all year young. Yeah, uh, yeah. The last year and final year, we're getting down to the the twenty second year of coaching. Yeah. Before you hung up the, I was going to say the clipboard, but the run and choose as well because she's a run with the boys and train select coach. Yeah. The, this the, is last ever year. These were a good side. We were sort of given no hope. We had to play Canberra down at Canberra, and they had they had several good players. They had. Real good hooker, Luke Prudis. Mm. He was a gun player then. And uh, Was he from Pe- Canberra, was he? He was from Canberra originally. And, uh, yeah, uh, that, that, they were considered one of the favourites, yeah. And the other side was uh, Newcastle. They were the hot shots. They'd won the Harold Matthews, wh- whatever age group it was, a year or so before or another. They had, uh, they had the likes of Owen Craigie and... Uh, the centre that used to throw the passes. Gidley. Uh, Gidley Matt, Matt Gidley. Simpson. Yeah. And Owen Craig, he was, every time he got the ball, he was just so dangerous, you know. He could step both ways. And a bit like Luttrell. And they had a front row of captain aside. I can't think of his right name. They used to call him Chief because he looked just like Harrigan. And he was a, he was a captain of the Newcastle side. And we played him at uh, Parramatta Stadium. And... Uh, we finished up getting away. We won by two points on the bell, and Steve Driscoll didn't score a lot of tries, but he scored the winning try for us. He won the grand final last year you coached? Last year I coached, yeah. There you go, yeah. 1994. There's a couple that went on and played first grade. Uh, ben Turrell had a couple of games. He was a good front rower for us. Terry Glassie. Some good local blokes here. Bowie Phillips was a Bowie Phillips was a real good day, player. Yeah. Uh, Ronald Bushby was... Garth Woods, end up being a Garth champion boxer. One of the best tacklers you'll ever see. Ben Stokes, nothing of him. Stokesy. Tucked himself to a standstill. He lost his father this week. Ben Decker. Ben Decker. Gavin, Gavin Lester. Gavin Lester. He played of the Dogs in the grand final. And uh, Troy Barnes was a good centre. He marked. He had a really good game uh, grand final day, uh, Barnes. He marked up on uh, Owen Craigie and, and kept him in check. 
And uh, I think I think Barnsley might have scored two tries that day. Yeah, I, spot, the, I watched him play a State of Origin game with Colin Best against Queensland one year, and he, Colin Best scored four tries that day. Yeah. And uh, Barnsley was playing lock. Played, played pretty well. Yeah. Good so, player. Yeah, good, good bloke too, Barnsley. He's a good sociable guy. So, yeah. so we're down to the finals. He done twenty two years of coaching. Yeah. It was the best side you ever coached. If they were to play each other, which yeah. is hard to the, the the best age group, the best age side. Shane O'Neill was the captain of the seventy six side, isn't it? Seventy six side. Uh, they were a good side, and so was Joey Joey Thomas' side. Out of the seventy six side, you had. I might have said it earlier, there was blokes that played first row, Wayne McPherson, Shane O'Neill, Craig Mullins, Greg Evans, Mario Fennick, Greg Mackey, George Longbottom. Robert Sate would have played first grade but kept on doing shoulders. And did Gary Ross, Smenard, did he play first Gary grade? Gary Ross, I'm not sure if Gary did. He might have had one, I'll have to check on Gary. Roosters or North or South, I'm pretty, because Gary's always been an Alice Ferguson lover. I've read some of his stories on Facebook. Gary Gary had come off the field. And you could pick him straight away. He always had the dirtiest gear because he hit the deck that many times. He, 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 he made a massive amount of tackles and just wouldn't give up on anything. We used to, early in the season, we used to run 400s around Mascot. And uh, the likes of George Longbottom and Greg Mackey, they could run. They played in the back line. Well, Gary was a back rower, but he didn't realise that he wasn't as <laughs> as quick as them, but he thought he was. <laughs> and he'd always want to be in their group. Instead of running against the other back rowers, how we used to break them up, Gary wanted to run against Longbottom and, and uh, Mackey because they were the best. And what they used to do, we'd do a set of four. Well, one of them would go out, he'd go with them. The other one would hang back. So the next, the second, the second 400, the other one would go out. But not Gary. <laughs> he just didn't burn him out. Uh, <laughs> but he, 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 that so was George, just him. George Longbottom wins one heat. The next one goes to Mackey. Greg Mackey. Yeah. And he runs and second every time. Gary he's... runs second every time. The other one's having a breather. <laughs> well, you're in the talent ID um, business at the moment. That, that's called competitiveness. That's got to be one of the ticks you've got to be looking for, mate. Yeah. If you can put yourself back-to-back, repetitive speed, and keep going, they're the ones that are going to make it in any level. Absolutely. You know. And, and now, just before we go on with this, Nick, your best 17, is the criteria... The best at the time in the SG ball squad, or what they went on to do? A, a, a little bit of both. A little bit of both, okay. A little bit of both. So I might, yeah, write all this down. Well, he's, he's going flicking the page here to his, his I've, best. I've named 20. 20. But I've got extras over here. And my best 20. In is, positional order, or what are you going to do this? Well, Alan Ferguson never ever played fullback for me. But only because... But he won a jersey flag comp at fullback. Yep. And the only... So in the six or seven years of S3 ball comps that you won... Yep. The following two seasons, flag only won one. Yeah. Which happened to be... S3. Alan Ferguson's goal kick on the sideline to beat Wayne Pearce. Wayne Pearce and Muggledon and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So what I've come up here with here, I, I, I picked Fergo as a fullback. I picked Graham Lyons as a winger. I picked Gary Ola... And Terry Hill, the two centres. And Paul Mellor just bumps out our mate over here, Mabo, the wing spot. I've got Phil Davis at 5'8". So, got, so it's two blokes that never played NRL so far. Alan Ferguson yep. and Phil Davis. Yeah. 
and I've got Tugger at halfback. I've got Ian Roberts at one front rower. I've got Mario as a hooker. I've got Martin Masella as the other front rower. I've got Joey Thomas, Shane O'Neill in the back row with Jimmy Dimmick at lock. And off the bench, we've got Jimmy Sedaris. Played for Australia. Darren Brown. Well, Brown, Brown he was a hard trainer, wasn't he? Yeah. Skillful. Yeah. Never, never missed he, a big cle- trainer. He was clever. I can remember Brownie when he went to Penrith, and they used him playing in the halves. Mm. He, he, he was that clever with the football. Yeah. Uh, LA, was, LA was very similar. LA had a lot of good ball skills. Nathan Gibbs, who went on a captain's house, so and you, always says so that this Phil Davis was his so best. So you broke it up from 1 to 13 and your bench is covering position. So you, Yeah, I've got Sedaris. Backing up Mario Fennick and other selectors onto the side, OK? And they're, they're, they're all the next in those positions, I think. So, you, uh, so I've got Sedaris, Brown, Nathan Gibbs, Mark Ellison, Klaus Perkovic, who could play anywhere. Half, 5'8", lock forward. Uh, Scotty Wilson, 5'8", or fullback. A lot of people would probably say, why Phil Davis? And I said, well, I think he's one of the best players I ever had. And there's probably several of these that all captain their teams. I'd nearly go for Phil Davis as a captain and he never ever played first grade. Well, I have spoken to Nathan Gibbs over the years and he's clearly said hadn't played first grade and captain the club and been an origin doctor, an Australian doctor, that Phil Davis is one of the best footballers he's ever seen. And Arthur Gatuna says the same thing. And I think Robert Sate from Mascot is a very good judge of football says the same thing as well. So nearly every single person saw him play. Number 20. And I've got Tony Merritt, number 20. Tough front rower. Yeah, tough. And yet Tony ever got to play a a few third grade games, probably because of his lifestyle a bit. Tony liked to just more or less hang with his mates rather than, you know, at... uh, so if you don't pick Alan Ferguson at fullback, you could have played. There's a bloke there that gets tossed up as one of the greatest South Juniors of the last 30 years. Troy Stewart, ability-wise. Um, Terrific. And what was he like? Great bloke. Yep. Yeah. I left, I left him out of a game too. Uh, and, and his mum had a go at me. We were playing Balmain and they were, uh, they were right up there with us. I think we'd won four from four and we were playing Balmain at Leichhardt Oval. And... Uh, Albie Adden didn't arrive at train on a Friday evening. And it was either you ring me or you got to be there. I didn't get a phone call. You've got, you got some rules for a Friday night captain's run, haven't you? <laughs> well, you've got to be there for it, mate. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you're not right to be there Friday night, you can't play Saturday afternoon. Fair enough. And uh, so anyway, we're, we're, we're playing Balmain. Troy's sitting on the bench. And... Uh, the selectors are looking at me because we were, we were battling. We were, we were struggling. I, I think we went in at half-time, 10 all. And, the pressure was on Nixie, and yeah. I, and old Ozzy said, when are you going to put him on? When are you going to put him on? And I said, not yet, not yet. Anyway, I thought, well, it's time now, you know. <laughs> anyway, he went on and he set up a couple of tries for us and we finished up winning by 10 or something, you know. But, you know, Maybe's been thrilled. Maybe's been dropped a couple of times for probably being late or... Whatever, you know. I remember maybe being dropped from a Jersey Fleet team. And uh, not that I was... Well, we, the, we had to drop maybe uh, been late at Bunny's TV. Okay. We won't go there. But <laughs> a game or a season? No, a game. Oh, yeah. That was, that was, really? 
That was, that was Maury Kay. Well, it was Maury that they... Oh, I, don't, oh, I shouldn't be saying this. Well, the, well, there's plenty of coaches who get it wrong because look at... Oh, you get it wrong. Look at your but, the Jersey flag year. One year, I'm sure they dropped Paul Donnelly and Joey... To- and, and, Johnny, they, and they played President's Cup. They dropped and Johnny the, Tony Thomas and Paul Donnelly in a flag under-19s comp. Yeah, and they played President's the, Cup and the President's Cup and won and Frank, the flag got beat. Frank Curry and Bull Gorman put them straight into the President's you know, put them in the 21s team, not a 19 side, and won the comp. Well, they rung me to get Bull's, uh, Bull Donnelly's number at Botany. <laughs> wow. Took our tough, tough player, Bull so Donnelly. Yeah. Through, so the so fullbacks anyway, you just missed out, you've got Albie Stewart, Greg Mackey, and obviously on the bench you already had Scotty Wilson who could cover fullback as yeah. well. Yeah, so, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're my next... Yep, you went, so your wingers went with, you went with Graham Lyons and Paul Mellor. Yep. And the wingers that missed out were? Mayvale. Yep. Bruce Longbottom. Yep. Ross Harrington. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Gary Eller and Terry Hill were your centres. Yeah. J- just in front of Paul Diaz. Yep. Not just in front. Eller and Hill were... Well, well, actually, both played for Australia. Standouts, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. So two Australian centres in Gary Eller. You're not, not going to pick Mark Eller in your team? I try you didn't pick him. I try no, if you no. left him out. <laughs> so Paul Diaz, Diaz Robert Sait. Robert Sait, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Ricky Marlon was a good, honest... Where's Ricky Mullen from? Waterloo. Okay. He's Tugger's age group. All right, your 5'8 department, you went with? Phil Davis. And you named him captain? I haven't named the captain yet, but he'd be very close to being the captain. In front of? David Knox. Wallaby. Yep. Tony Studden was a good player. Tony, a lot of people don't realise Tony Studden's probably one of the few players that played in a winning SG ball. Played in a winning jersey flag and captain the winning President's Cup. Bomber. Bomber. The okay. bomber, bomber just, the thing that Bomber lacked was a yard in pace. Okay. And you've still got Scotty Wilson and Klaus Perkovich on the bench too, so they could have been the next cab off yeah. the ring. Yep. All right, the halfback department. This, this, was, this, was, this was hard. Like, Tucker deserves to be picked, but you've got Duncan McRae, Tricky. And George Longbottom. Yep. Georgie Longbottom hit a hole in one last year, late last year. There seems to be about 10 of them, unless he's reposting the same photo. Yeah, Georgie, okay. <laughs> Still goes all right, Georgie. Front row department, who'd you go with? The front row department, well, Ian's a standout, but uh, the likes of Gary Adler and Tony Merritt, when they were all the same age at SG Ball, they were every bit as good as Ian. But Ian, okay. as you know, super trainer. Like nobody trained harder than Ian Roberts. Yeah. The big, uh, the big rat, Gary Adler. The big rat, yeah. Big uh, rat, what a legend. Yeah, he he he, he was a good player. Like like what Merrick. a skill. I oh, seen Gary Adler win Aboriginal knockouts. He was as yeah. he was Arthur Beetson skill, wasn't he? He was that one-handed mm. offloads around the corner, ankle th- belt. I think Gary got named as uh, one year uh, when they picked a A-grade Indigenous side. I think he got named as a captain of it. Okay. Uh, yeah, loves loves the rabbits, the rat. Shout yeah. out to you, rat. Yeah, so he'd be very proud of his uh, big brother. Then he was he was special. Yeah, uh, had a stack of hookers. Blokes like like Sidaris, who's so, on the bench there behind Mario. Jimmy Sidaris, he was a monster for a hooker. The neck on him was yeah, just yeah. the frame. And, and, and he was he was mobile, very mobile, very mobile. Like you know, he could run out of dummy half and 
run 30 metres to score tries. So, and that, so that 89 minor premiership winning side that Sedaris was in, he was only a... You got rookie. 17, got, 17, 18. You got rookie of the year in 1989. Yeah, his 89 was rookie of the year. Well, he was only. I don't. I don't think he ever played Jersey Fleek. No, because that, that, I that, think he went straight out of SG Ball to South. Yep. Uh, uh, that's not Jordy Peace was much, yeah. Jordy Peace was a good tough player. Uh, mm. Like Jordy Peace played hooker. He's the same age as as Garlow. Okay. And Garlow couldn't. Garlow never made any SG ball or Jersey Fleek sides. Bit of a late bloomer. Yeah. Because mm. he was always small, Sean. He thickened up a little bit when he got to play a bit of third grade and that. But Geordie uh, was a good player. He was a bit mad, but he, he, he was a good football. Shannon, I always had a rap on Shannon because he didn't play in great... Well, one side was all right. Duncan's side and Mellor's side was all right. But... Um, most of the sides he played in were average and he was always a standout. Finno, who played with Tugger's side, was always a goer. Played probably 10 or 12 first grade games. Arthur was a good little goer. Arthur Katunas, you know. And uh, love the front rowers, John Sadiq, who played with Tugger and them. Uh, he only played a bit of third grade, but he was a, he was a good, real good presence cup and fleegan ball player. The Huntsman? And you've got Dennis Donahue there as well. Dennis and Paul McNicholas, the praying mantis. Uh, Darren, Darren McCarthy could play centre or in the back row. Darren was always big and dangerous in, in teams and uh, cemented Gary Ross. Uh, but they're, but they're, they're, I could go on forever. You know. a coach in teams, mate. I think you have gone on forever. Yeah, yeah. but what, yeah, what, what, what I'm saying is there was so much talent in them days. We were like... Penrith are now, mm. like you didn't have to, didn't have to go out of the area, like and you'd have fourteen teams in these age groups, and seven or eight of them were pretty evenly matched. You know, today our poor old juniors, like you have two teams and one of them can't play. So it's expensive to live around in this, the south in the area now, and uh, that inner city area where great foot you now. Kenzo's produced the Johnny Suttons and the Ronnie Coots and yeah. Chelsea's had the the Bob McCarthy's, Zetland, the Terry Hills and the you know the Trindles from the Rovers. They don't they're very few and far between now. Even just getting the side, absolutely because them townhouses and terraces they're not, they're not family homes anymore. They are businesses yeah. living in two bedroom terraces and so they're not produced the same as we once did. Absolutely, so, really. But I'd say right now, South Sydney. Rugby league would have more juniors running around the narrow than the other, other team. It wouldn't even be close. Mm. Um, yeah. and, and I'm including you go to the Brisbane Broncos and might pick an area, say a North Devils or pick a, you know, like a suburb. Mm. I would say South Sydney would have more NRL players now, double than anyone else. That's, it's, it's just that's how much. If you actually, Adam Reynolds is at the Broncos, you've got you know, blokes at the Warriors, you got there is a South Sydney junior Aiden for Newell Blakes, there's oh, Cifatella they, they are everywhere. Mm. And there is no spread, yeah. there's no other junior league that would have as many players running around NRO right now in the seventeen clubs. Yeah. And our pathway system, you got your hands all over it. You must be proud of your young blokes still involved. Yeah, um, talent ID. Uh he, he certainly puts the work in and the time to go around and watch plenty of tape at home and on these days off and getting out to all the trials he can, speaking to everyone in the right places. Um, what, where are we at, pathways-wise, without um, naming names or anything like that? But 
Um, I think we're thereabouts. It's if you're going to pick, you know, we're going to sort of go into the, you know, let's compare us to Penrith or Newcastle, and they've got four thousand kids in a certain age bracket, or you know, picking from we're picking from a very small number. Um, as you, as you get to under 16, 17, 18s, is that not any two two, eight, two teams in the age bracket? So you only got thirty four kids to choose from to make a rep team, and you got to you do got to go out of the area, you got to recruit, or you got to, and there's development fees involved, and it's not easy to. Like and there's no there's no level playing field because you could actually spend four hundred thousand dollars on a Harold Match team, and they're going to be far more successful than a side that's going to pick locally. Um, so Penrith are going to dominate, I reckon, for in the junior league. The system in place is really good, but they're also the Dutchman area separates just from Penrith. That goes to over the Blue Mountains. Into Dubbo, into Orange, into that sort of area where they're yeah. so they're, they're numbers wise. Besides, they've got the, you know, the Polynesian influx over the, out of Penrith. Their recruitment strategy is great. Their coaching structure is in place. And they, and got, they spend money um, in that area. They are spending a lot of numbers. Um, yeah, they do, and they're getting the back tenfold too. With you know, if you do want to go pick up a kid from Dubbo Orange, you've got to pay a five k dev fee, or you go into Queensland Rugby League, you've got to pay ten thousand dollars to Queensland Rugby League. If he's played any rep football up there, that's a lot of money to fork out. That, the kid doesn't get the money. That just goes into... Their coffers. Yeah, so it's hard to, to go out there and buy a kid. You know, we, you know, our talent identification is to look where we think we're short going forward in NRL standards or what we need to find. And the job is to go out there and try and find you know, those sort of kids. And you know, there's a, I think there's a fair few good kids coming through. And the best ones coming through are at NRL level. They, you know, they skip. And they jump straight into NRL pre-season. They get into development. They train with the first grade side. You, you read and hear a lot about, oh, this kid should be in front of this kid. But I'm pretty sure JD and 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 Sammy Burgess and you know, Benny Hornby, John Morris, Sutto, that you know, they're watching them train every day. So, uh, we can all put our hand up and say who's going to be this position, who's going to be that. But you know, they're tested every single day. I, I'm not there at every NRL training, but I think that you know, there's a good batch coming through. We're a young, young side, and you know, as I said, we're continually to make. The final four, and NRL level. So let's hope it continues. Well, we've just watched it um, over the last ten, fifteen years. Certain blokes just put their hand up, and you can Murray's yep. been in the system. You um, Campbell Graham was identified pretty young. He's, yeah. he's going to be a two hundred and fifty game first grade. How not, Campbell not Graham was in the, in the Australian World Cup. To, now he was outstanding over in uh, England, and he was he was outstanding for us yeah. in the semi final series. Mate, wasn't he captain Australian schoolboys at the centre position. Doesn't yeah. it happen uh, two, two very years often? Schoolboy, yeah, David Mawali sort of that little I played um, Matt's only a couple of years, but he's at f- but front row's tough to come in at that age group, and yeah. they really well. He was nineteen last year. Put him on year. that ten fifteen minute count last year. Had a couple of little head knocks. S three ball level last year didn't play. Could have, mm. but you know they he obviously you know, front rows aren't going to jump out of the ground and play first grade at you know. Adam Ritson did, you know, yeah. um, they won, they won in a million. But yeah, I think Davey Moala will probably have a breakout year, get himself more minutes. He's played against men for you know a good twelve months now, and I think he'll be a good acquisition to the, you know the, in that seventeen or thereabouts weekly. And, and the five SG ball players training up in um, the off season, there's, there's some raps on them without naming all their names, but uh, oh, well, them five, they're, they're, they're yeah. pretty excited about one or two. I've spoken yeah. to well, some of the people in the catching who, staff. Who's going to who's going to poke their head out the first? You know, is, you know. Well, it'll be Ty Ty Munro, you know, he's, and he trains a Very confident and, kid, yeah. Uh, Hayes Millers, you know, there's you know, another kid from Queensland that's... Athletic. Got the, got the pedigree, you know, mum was a New Zealand you know, basketball star and dad was a first grade footballer. So I think, yeah, it's it's exciting times. I don't know who's going to stick their neck out and be that NRL player in 
six months, 12 months, but they're definitely fighting for it. And, you know, the best man will get there, and there's no doubt about it. Yeah, no worries. Um, look, thanks for joining us here. We, we've covered a fair bit um, on the show. We've just gone through from, what, 1973 right through to 94. Some great players have been mentioned. Um, make sure you, you share, subscribe, send it out to anyone you think that might want to watch this. We've covered a lot of names here in the South Sydney Junior Rugby League. And we thank the juniors, Keith McCraw and the boys that continue to support uh, Bunnies TV going forward. We've got a huge year in two, 2023. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you, chaps. Thanks, chap. Thanks very much. Good on you, mate. Well done. Sweating, on you, Benny. 